as many people put their boats in the water for the first time this season. We're here to remind you of some good practices as you hit the water for the summer. For all things outdoors, I'm Katie Thorson. Joining me is Conservation Warden Heath Hampton. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Katie. Thank you for having me. So I guess, you know, as people are getting their boats ready and putting them in the water, what are kind of some of those basics that people need to know in terms of safety requirements and registration and that kind of stuff? One obvious is going to be PFDs or life jackets, whatever you want to call them. Um, think about riding a car. If you knew that you were going to have a wreck today, not only would you have a seatbelt on, you'd probably put a helmet on and everything else, right? Um, in a boat, a life jacket, you know, and need to have at least one per person on the boat. And they've got to be in good condition and readily accessible. We, we check a lot of people who are digging under seats. It takes them five minutes to find their life jackets. And going back to if you knew you were going to have a wreck, you'd want that thing to be ready to go, you know. That's so. a good point there, yeah. So having it ready to go um, is important as well. Can you talk a little bit about the um, safety certifications that some boaters need to have? Anyone born after January 1st of 1989 is required to have a boater safety certificate. Um, and for people born before that, I, I guess what kind of things, would it be beneficial for them to have that course and that certificate? It would be beneficial. With that course, you're going to learn all the safety requirements and the kind of the rules of the water, you know, as far as the, the, the give way and right of ways and things like that. That's all stuff you learn in Boater's Ed. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a good idea for anyone at, born before 1989 as well. When the DNR is out, uh, patrolling on the lakes and stuff like that. What are some of the co- uh, common conflicts or violations you see out there? A lot of them stem from personal watercrafts, um, PWCs, jet skis, um, wake jumping. I know it's fun, but it's it's not legal. You know, a, a personal watercraft is required to be at least a hundred feet um, from other vessels, and if they're close than that, slow no wake. So. You see a lot of times the, the jet skis weaving in and out of traffic. That's another thing that generates a lot of not only complaints, but it's a safety hazard, you know. So it, the the big thing, all kinds of people are on the water, all kinds of different um, vessels are on the water, and they've all got to respect each other, respect each other's, you know, space, and watch out for the other guy. Um, and obviously, you know, with especially with it coming off a holiday weekend here and a lot of people love coming up to the lakes just to relax and enjoy. Um, so there'll be a lot of drinking sometimes on boats. What's the rule of thumb for people as they're having alcohol on boats? Yeah, this is Wisconsin. I mean, we understand people are going to want to have a have a cold beer or two. But what affects you on land? It's going to take a lot less t- to reach impairment on the water. Just the, the combination of sun and water and the movement. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, I can't remember the exact number, but, you know, what affects you, like, say, two two drinks on land, it's going to be a whole lot different. Two effects on land may not affect you at all. We're on a, on a boat. It probably will. So. I had never heard of that before. That's interesting. Yeah. It, uh, it, you'll be impaired a lot faster. I think that people begin showing impairment on water at, I believe, 0.035 blood alcohol content. So a lot less than on land. Conservation Warden Heath Hampton, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Katie.